This is the Team Lotus Cares podcast. We connect with business owners and managers to protect your business from cyber attackers while providing business clarity empowered by technology. You can make technology for your business more productive, secure, and simple. Now, here is Maria and Curtis. Welcome in. Episode 39 of the Team Lotus Cares podcast. We talk about things that affect your business. A lot of times we're talking about technology, artificial intelligence, but uh, last few episodes, we've been kind of uh, pulling in some different guests. Now, this one uh, is pretty neat. We, it's one of those things you don't want to think about, but you can save yourself a lot of money. You can you know, save yourself on taxes. And that's what this is all about. The taxsavingspodcast.com is uh, the uh, podcast we're talking about. Mike Joashek is the host of that show. Talks a lot about... Um, you got to think about your taxes outside of just January through what is it to March, right? And uh, so he covers a lot of that, talks about it on his podcast and gives you different strategies you can do because just think about every dollar that you can save on taxes, you're going to be able to add to the bottom line profit of your company, which is of course the money that you get to take home every month. And then check out the podcast uh, website, taxsavingspodcast.com because he also has a wealth of resources, different guides you can download and some basic business uh, tax basics that are pretty cool as well. Yeah, some stuff that you can't just rush through it in the last minute, just throw it together. Right. It's nice to have a methodology behind it and, you know, you know, slow and steady and creating that process. And um, Mike actually, you know, he has a really good guideline. Absolutely. So check it out. There's an interview with Mike here on the uh, Team Lotus Cares podcast. Mike, welcome. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, Curtis, Maria, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about your program and how you help folks out. Yeah, so uh, you know, I started out in the online marketing industry many years ago uh, and was a partner of a company and near the end of that uh, industry. And uh, we had seven partners. We all kind of wanted to take the business in a different direction, which we were all good at one thing, but not all, you know, the kind of a similar type of, of activity that we were great at. And so we made a decision, hey, let's, let's start to break off. And so at that time, I started an accounting firm. That was back in, in 2013. And um, got into the accounting firm just doing small business, bookkeeping, taxes, payroll, that type of stuff. And along the way, someone said, you know, why don't we take some of this content that you're creating? I have a marketing background is, is where I came from. So I have that kind of idea of like, let's create content. Let's provide value. Let's, let's provide stuff out there. Uh, but we were just doing that on YouTube and things like that. And someone said, well, let, you know, why don't you put that on a podcast? And so I took like three, three videos that we shot and put it on an audio podcast and just let it sit. And all of a sudden, like six months later, I had someone reaching out to me and said, hey, I listened to your podcast would love to learn a little bit more about what you have going on and love to hear some more content that you're putting out. And I'm like, what What podcast are you talking about? Uh, so that really kicked off what we call our, our small business tax savings podcast. And I've uh, been going on for about five years now. Um, basically, you know, my goal is to take this idea of tax savings and be able to present it in a way that small business owners can understand. They're not intimidated by it and that they can easily implement it. Uh, because I feel like so many people are they think they're too small for tax savings. They think it may be too complicated for them to do the tax savings. And, you know, be honest, a lot of people struggle to get that type of information and content from their accountant. Uh, and, and I struggled with this before I was even into tax. 
oftentimes I would ask an accountant some questions, a tax savings plan, and and always get an answer of saying like it depends. You know, how do I hire my kids in my business? Well, it depends, and and so I, I got sick of of hearing that word. It depends, and I know it depends, and everyone's situation is going to be a little bit differently. But what I try to do is I'm going to say, okay, I know it depends, but for ninety percent of a tax strategy. It doesn't. It's relatively the same for everybody. So let's get you 90% of the way there, and then sure, let's adjust it for that last 10%. And so really kind of the goal with our podcast and, and the things that we do is, again, just get content out so that people can make those decisions. And instead of thinking, I'm too small for this, or it's too hard, or it depends, and I don't have the time to research it, no, let's get the stuff that you need to know out there. And then that research time goes from you know maybe three hours to just maybe a half an hour just to tweak it to where you know it's specific for for your needs. So that's great because that's a topic of conversation in a business that um, a lot of people don't really want to talk about much. But when it is time to talk about that, they it's like, how do I extract all that information? And then when you're in front of your CPA, there's maybe this much window to be able to get everything all squeezed. That's a lot of information. So yeah. And that's what we always say, you know, when, when people think of taxes, they're thinking in you know, January, February, March, April, when they reach out to their tax accountant, and here's my paperwork. Sure. And really, my goal is to say, okay, let's, that's, that's tax filing, that's tax preparation, and that's important, that's required by law. We understand that that's very important. But tax planning is what we're talking about. And tax planning comes way before filing. Tax planning are things that are done throughout the year, before 1231, and then tax filing, tax preparation is just taking that stuff that we did throughout the year and sending it up to the state agency, sending it up to the federal government at that time. So, you know, that's exactly right, Maria. I, I, I think we, my, my oftentimes when I'm talking to a small business owner, the first thing I want to do is change that mindset of when you think of taxes, I want you to first think of tax planning, tax prep and filing, important, required by law. That's number two. But let's, let's plan for taxes first. Let's see what we can do to save taxes. And then let's file it. Let's be prepared for that filing piece. It's almost like saying, hey, I'm going to start flossing this week because I got to see the dentist on Friday. <laughs> yes. You really should be flossing you know, all the way that's, through. That's very synonymous to what we're talking about. <laughs> and we're all guilty of that, right? Until, right. You, until you start to hear that, people talk to you like, hey, here's some of the other benefits for it. And, you know, you know here's some things that you can, you know, save some money doing these things. Well, okay, maybe I'll look into that a little bit more. So I've heard people before they were very cautious about taking deductions in their business because they didn't want to raise red flags or get the attention of the IRS. How do you address those folks? Yeah, so you know what, what I always say is like I'm not I'm not too concerned about red flags. Now you know the people that are worried about red flags are people that might be doing things a little bit shady. So you know we might mm. be hiding some income over here. So I'm not going to avoid a red flag over here because. You know, that red flag might be totally fine, but it's going to bring the IRS's attention onto something that I'm hiding over here. And so what I say is like that we don't need to hide. You know, when we're business owners, we don't need to do any of that stuff because the tax law is a gift to us as business owners. As a business owner, you have such a bigger advantage as far as what you can do to reduce your tax bill versus a, a W-2 earner as an example. And so we're saying let's let's use that law to our favor. And so, of course, you know, we don't want to do anything crazy. We don't want to do anything that's going to raise a red flag. But what I always say is as long as we're supporting, as long as we have the documentation to back up what we're doing, there is no red flag. You know, for so long, the home office was something that accountants were saying, you can't do the home office. It's a major red yeah. flag and all these other things. And, you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. Now, 
if you're saying that 90% of your home is your home office that's exclusive use to your business, that might be a red flag and that might be getting a little bit greedy. Mm. But if we're saying 20% is, and we have the support to back it up, we have the house plan, we have pictures that show what our home office is, we have everything just filed on paper. More than likely, you're never going to need it, but we have that on paper in case we need it. There is nothing risky there. So, you know, when we say is, is, is first of documentation, when we look at these tax strategies, the idea of a tax strategy is one thing, and then what are we putting in place to protect ourselves? So, right. you know, the idea of hiring our kids in our business, that's, that's a great idea, a great tax strategy, but it's more than just paying our kids. Like, we need to have a record of what are they doing? You know, what's their reasonable rate? Do we have an employment agreement for them? So it's that extra things we use to protect ourselves. And really that's what I call just the, the sleep at night medication. That's the, that's the NyQuil. It just says, okay, I can sleep at night because if the IRS comes knocking, I have nothing to worry about. I have this documentation that I can send over to them. So I would say the IRS gave us a gift. The government gave us a gift as business owners uh, with a tax law that is business owner friendly. And so how can we utilize that to our advantage um, and, and, and take advantage of what's available there? So, so many people are, are right. They're, they're afraid to take what's available to them because they're afraid of that big IRS audit. And, mm -hmm. and that's the thing is have documentation, save your receipts, write down business purposes, put it on file. You'll probably never need it. But if you do, you're ready when that happens. Absolutely. And you, know, you, you should keep those records of I. But in my small knowledge of the IRS, it's seven years, right? You should keep those records hanging mm -hmm. around. Yeah. So, uh, is there a difference between in the IRS's eyes paper records and digital records? So if you scan everything no. to digital, they're fine with that. Absolutely, yeah. So you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, what I do is I, I just take a picture of any receipt that I have. Now, the, now there is a difference of one thing. You know, there, when we when we have an expense that so we need to prove that expense, we need to show proof of payment as one, and then proof of what we purchased. So, a lot of people say, "Well, I, I just have my credit card statement, and that shows everything that I spent the, for the business, and that's that's my proof. That's all I need." And that credit card statement is is proof of payment. It's proof that you made a payment. But the other piece you need is, is proof of what was purchased. So right. if the IRS right. sees a $1,200 to Walmart on your credit card statement, that doesn't tell the IRS that's a business expense just because it's on a business credit card. So they need that second piece, and that's going to be that receipt. Uh, but, yeah, taking a picture of it, you know, I say what I do is I go out to lunch with uh, a friend who happens to be a coworker. We're talking about business. I'm writing on the receipt. Who am I meeting with? What did we discuss? It's an itemized receipt, so everything we ordered is already on there. I'm taking a picture of it, and I'm just leaving that receipt at the table because I don't need it anymore. I have that digital copy of it. Good deal. Yeah, that, that, that's good to know because it's so difficult to keep up with all the paper for seven years. And a lot of receipts don't yeah. last seven years either. They, uh, oh, yeah. They fade away. Yeah. Yeah. You go to year seven, and all you see is a white piece of thing with some streaky black lines. <laughs> and you're like, well, I swear this was a computer purchase. Yeah. You better bring the forensics people in. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um, Maria, do you have any questions? Um, no, I actually, I love the idea that, you know, that I've never really looked at it like that, that is a gift. Um, but I think if you maintain like focus in your business and then, you know, a lot of people, um, think that your CPA is like your magician, that you're going to go in through all these parameters and all of a sudden here, here's the mess, do something with it. 
you know, so it's great that you have that, you know, these advices and, um, and guidelines for people to actually, you know, go through. So do you, do you, what do you do though, if you do have a client like that? Yeah. I mean, you know, what I always tell them is say, okay, let's, let's look at different pieces of the tax law. And so, you know, when we look at tax strategies, there's, retirement strategies, there is charitable strategies, there's what my favorite and, and, and I think the most easiest is, is just something this idea of maximizing deductions. And to help someone understand this idea of being a business owner versus not being a business owner, and what is the difference of that? I always kind of give an example of when COVID hit because that really kind of came true to so many people. Let's just say COVID hits, you're working in an office, you get sent home and you're a W-2 employee. You're now working out of your home office. You're heating that thing up. You have more electricity because there's lights on. You went out and bought a desk. You bought a chair. All these different things so you can work from your home office. All those items that you spent that money on, you get absolutely no deduction from. As being a W-2 employee, you get no deduction for those items that you spent on that home office. Or if we flip the switch and say, okay, let's look at this as a business owner, that Square footage that you have, you're using exclusively. That's a deduction. That desk you bought, that chair you bought. Maybe you got a new TV for your home office. All of that are deductible business expenses as being a business owner. So that's just a great example when you look at W two versus as a, a business owner, uh, and a, a direct area where you get a deduction in one area, but you don't as a W two earner. And so, and so I try to explain that as maximizing deductions. Let's let's think of ways to do that. And when I say maximizing deductions, most people are like, yeah, my accountant tells me go out and buy a new truck and go buy this new piece of equipment because we can depreciate that. And, and, and I'm saying the exact opposite. I'm not saying, let, you know, we don't want to spend money that we, and buy things that we don't need for a tax deduction. Because look, let's say you're in the 32% tax bracket. You go buy a piece of equipment for $10,000. You saved in that situation $3,200 in taxes. You saved $3,200 in taxes, 10,000 times your tax bracket but you just lost $10,000. So you spent $10,000 on something you don't need. So right. that doesn't add up. Now we say, if you need a piece of equipment, you need a new truck, of course, let's take advantage of bonus depreciation, what's out there and go buy those things, but don't buy things you don't need. Instead, I say, let's, let's think about that spending that you're doing every day and how can we find a business purpose to it and move it from what I call after-tax spending into pre-tax spending? How can we find a business purpose for it Instead of spending personally that money, now let's run it through the business. And so that's the things like the home office, maybe hiring your kids. You know, your kids might be doing some work, cleaning up your office, shredding paper, doing those types of things, and everyone's supporting their kids, but now we can get a deduction for it, and our kids potentially pay no income taxes on it. And so it's just changing that mindset of saying, okay, let's not, maximizing deduction is not going out and buying things we don't need. Maximizing deductions is saying, Let's look at the spending we're already doing. And if we can find a business purpose that we can support back up and it's and legitimate, let's bring that into the business. And now we're getting a tax deduction for it versus not. And I think, too, a lot of folks justify buying maybe that new pickup truck because of the tax saving. You know, they yeah, they use it as a justification, a crutch. So to kind of shift gears a little bit, we, we focus a lot on cybersecurity. I know personally a lot of folks have suffered from identity theft that ultimately led to somebody getting their IRS uh, you know, refund. Do you see that happening to businesses? And if so, how can folks can protect themselves? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, from uh, we see a lot, at least on the personal side, is, yeah. is where you know they're, they're getting the, the identity, and now we have a pin, and it makes the whole filing process a lot more difficult for for the user. Uh, we don't see that as often on the business side, Good. but what we do see on the business side is more on the flip side of where uh, you know we just had a situation where we had a client that wiring out to a vendor of theirs and somehow got intercepted, and now they sent a wire to. Who knows where, and that money's absolutely gone, and now they're trying to recollect it. Um, so we have seen situations like that happen, you know, quite often with clients. And, and, oh, and I'm too. looking into this stuff. Yeah. I look at some of these email chains, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how you could have caught that without right. literally calling the person. And it, it was just such a such a well done uh, scheme. So that's what we see more often on the business side versus like a EIN getting stolen or something like that. True. I mean, we, we're, we're seeing them as well. I mean, we're, we're right. hundreds of thousands of dollars. These used to be thousands. Now it's hundreds of thousands. So. Yeah. The it most is, recent incident. <laughs> yeah. The most recent incident I saw was $180,000 wire. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. And it was a local bank, you know, so everything made sense. The company name was local bank. It was, you know, the company name was the same, the local bank, everything else. Um, yeah. And yeah. all done through email. It was a, a, go, a Gmail chain that got intercepted, and and so you know we're we're seeing that 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 often. It just goes to the point of you know it's scary because you know you have to constantly always be calling these people you're sending these payments to and, and various other things. And you know I'm sure you guys you know have different tips and, and strategies yeah. for that. But yeah, um, it's it's definitely an area that that we're going to see pick up, especially as when you get to you introduce AI and some of these other things where you can get messages to sound like the person that should be sending it. And, you know, it, it's just going to get crazier, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah I have Sorry. No, we just, we just saw a demonstration where somebody uh, scraped their podcasts. The AI was able to then replicate their voice and then they simulated a call to reset their password. And yeah, it's, it's scary, simple. So. Yeah. And getting it, you know, getting access to Chase or whatever their bank account was right. through that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mike, any, any closing uh, tips for folks that, um, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we've just closed the chapter on taxes for last year. But in going into the summer, how should folks start thinking about their businesses and their taxes going into for prepping for next tax season? Yeah, no, summer's a great time to just start that tax planning. I always say tax planning starts January 1st. Summer's a, a great time to start doing that. And, and so the biggest thing, too, is, is one, there, there's phases to it. You have to learn these strategies. You have to learn about them. They're not complex. They're nothing crazy. It's not nothing superhero. It's, you know, there are some advanced tax strategies that get very complex. But what we're talking about for the vast majority of people, we're nowhere near that. Easy to understand items, but Learning is the first piece. Understanding what might be applicable to use the first piece. And the second piece is implementing. Like I say, the majority of tax strategies, once 1231 hits, they're off the table. Tax savings is, for the most part, over. There's some strategies we can do after the year is over, but most of that has to be done now. Yeah. So summer's a great time. Log into a podcast. Start reading. Start looking into different tax strategies. And once you find something that's relevant to you, and like, yeah, that, that resonates with me. That makes sense. Write it down and implement it because the second piece is implementation. You know, 
I'm a podcast listener. I'm a podcast host. I love listening to podcasts, but I'm I, I fall victim of this too, where I'm listening. I'm like, oh, that's a really good point. Like, oh, that's some some cybersecurity measures I should put in place. Like, I absolutely need to do that. And then I wake up the next day, completely moved on to something else, or listen to that new podcast episode. I never actually implement that thing. And so that's the key piece is, is learning, but then hit that implementation piece. Mark it down, put something on your calendar to say, okay, this is the strategy I want to implement it, and here's when I want to implement it. So biggest takeaway is start learning and make sure you're implementing. And when you think of the word tax, start thinking about tax planning. What can you do throughout the year to make sure you're paying the least amount of taxes legally possible. And then you're just going to prepare and file those tax returns at year end, completely separate activities related to the same piece. So one of my life hacks, you mentioned about listening to podcasts. I listen to all, all of my podcasts on my iPhone. Uh, I just hit Siri and say, Oh, but she's going to do it. <laughs> and I just don't <laughs> remind me to look up something or investigate something. There, there she goes. She's trying to talk, but uh, it, that's, so that's that's how I that's my little life hack. When I'm listening to a podcast. I just hit that and have her remind me later to uh, take a look love into that. it or whatever. So, how yeah, love that best way to find you is how. Yeah, you can go to anywhere you listen to podcasts, Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, or you go right to our website, taxsavingspodcast.com. You can find us all over there and on socials as well. Fantastic, Mike. We'd love to have you back as uh, we get later in the year. What folks can do to uh, to get prepped for the end of the year and heading into tax season. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Curtis, Maria, I really appreciate you guys taking the time and, and really enjoyed talking to you guys today. All right. Thanks to Mike from taxsavingspodcast.com joining us here in episode 39 of the Team Lotus Cares podcast. I know Maria picked up some good stuff with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And some good tactics we're going to use going forward. By the way, if you like some tactics that can help you when it comes to cybersecurity, Maria has her email that comes out every Thursday morning, and it is her weekly cybersecurity tips. I, I don't know how big your list is, but I know you send it to a lot of people every Thursday, and there's always room for more. So you can sign up at weeklycybersecuritytips.com. And uh, we won't sell your email address. We don't uh, spam you. We hate spam as much as you do. <laughs> but we will uh, make sure that we, you get those uh, updates every single week. They're timely. They're important. And uh, sometimes they're just basic, a good reminder of the basic things we should be doing when it comes to security, passwords, protecting yourself online. One of my favorite lines I think I've ever read, and one of them is that, uh, what is it, you can't put the... You can't put the pee back in the pool, something like that, when you're sharing your stuff online. So, or you can't get the pee back out of the pool. That's it. That's what you got to keep in mind when you're sharing stuff online. But again, that's weeklycybersecuritytips.com. Yeah, love to hear from everybody. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Team Lotus Cares podcast. This is a free service of Lotus Management Services, business clarity empowered by technology. Visit us on the web at lotusbusinesstech.com.